everyone. This is JJ Outlaw. Hi, this is T Outlaw. And we are back with another episode of the Gourmet Goober Podcast. You can catch me, JJ Outlaw, on Instagram at Gourmet Goober and always on Twitter at, of course, JJ Outlaw. And every week I co-host a podcast with my BFF, my husband, um, my mean dude. Mm-hmm. Always. Main dude, that dude. That dude. Dark, Every dude. Dark Desperado. Hell yeah. Please, please, people, start wearing your mask. <laughs> and why please is that? take care of yourself. Because he will go by the Dark Desperado every episode until this pandemic is over. And I fear after three years, it will not be over. <laughs> That's right. I'm carrying that thing until the wheels fall off. <laughs> yes, he will. But. I'm here as always with my hubby and co-host, T-Outlaw. How's it going? It is going well. <laughs> the dark desperado speaks. <laughs> and he speaks about himself in third person, that's if right. you haven't already noticed that. So that's what makes it totally weird. <laughs> hey, if 50 can do it, so can I. <laughs> you compare yourself to 50 Cent now? Well, at least I ain't like, you know, big chunk hanging off a pole. <laughs> Yeah, we have to talk about that if that's the case. We will. <laughs> Plus, you also have that power money, so we should really talk about that. Okay, I'm not that talented. <laughs> Where can they find you? Well, you can find me, T Outlaw, on Twitter at T Outlaw. That'd be O, I'm sorry, T O U T L A W. And on Instagram at T Outlaw, Josie Wells. You know, maybe though, I shouldn't. Keep using my nickname because obviously JJ Outlaw is my nickname. It's not my government name, but considering that I just found out, that you want to put that out there? <laughs> they know. <laughs> According to them, your name could be Toby. They're well aware of my name is not. And for those of you who are longtime listeners, you guys know that JJ and T Outlaw are our podcast notes host names. Um, <laughs> that's our social media hooks. That's our social media hooks. But <laughs> I recently found out that my boss and apparently those people at my job are well aware of this podcast's existence. I thought so, you were like Tommy from Martin. I thought you ain't got no job. Okay, you funny for that. <laughs> Obviously, I have a job. <laughs> but remember when we started this podcast years ago? Like, no one knew, at least on my end, because, you know, I freelance wrote for a lot of years, and then I started working in the nonprofit sector. I was very careful, like, if you're a longtime listener, you know I never list the name of my company, I never really talk a lot about, okay, there was that one time when we were, what was it, in-game, and I talked about the fact that my boss was keeping me from going to see the movie, because she needed help with social media, and I had to go. Wait a minute, you left that job, right? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> uh, gee, I wonder why. It wasn't because of that. Amongst other things. <laughs> but um, the point I'm trying to make is, I've always been really careful in keeping my work life and the work I do with Plum Good Media and this podcast separate. And that, hopefully I will continue. That way we can speak freely and just be silly. But I found out last week, apparently they know 
So for those of you who are listening, <laughs> obviously you know JJ is not the government name that's given, but we're going to go with that. <laughs> I was really horrified, and I was in a Zoom call with my boss, too. <laughs> and I didn't know how to respond, so I just sort of kept it going. And then I hung up on the Zoom call, and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Have I said anything silly? Have I said anything I should? Nothing disparaging at all. I, well, here's the thing. Again, we don't say anything disparagingly. You work for a very... Nope. I ain't saying a, <laughs> a single word. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm cutting it off at right there. We have mentioned that you've worked with sports media. I work, hey, as far as I know, I work for the Rams. <laughs> you do not work for the Rams. People know we live in Chicagoland, at least that. Okay, then I work for the Bears. <laughs> Matter of fact, if you want to say I work for the Chicago Fire, I work for the Chicago Fire. <laughs> Why specifically the Chicago Fire? Um, they'll get mixed up with the TV show. I'm good. <laughs> so I guess what I'm trying to say here is, obviously, if you're listening and you've heard back episodes, just know this is playful banter with myself and my husband. Maybe a little different than how we talk at work, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And that's all you need to know about me. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing the people at your job they know about the podcast no, they don't. you have co-workers who know about the podcast you told them and they're all leaving <laughs> okay so no one left that i know who works there knows about what i do on the side so thus we're gonna keep it that way so I, I guess those people who follow you on Twitter and you retweet it, the episode, they don't ask why you do that? No, they're too stupid for that. I literally have it on my social media handle that I co-host it with you. They're not my friends anymore. <laughs> <sighs> that's that's just weird. I'm sorry. I'm just, I've, I've worked really hard to separate the work that we do because... Then it'll lead to questions, like when we talk about the cookout and things like that. I mean, Mm -hmm. what if it comes up in a meeting or something? I work Um, with scientists and people. Yes, you work with very intelligent people. (laughs) Play dumb. So I'm just going to have to pretend like, oh, I don't. What podcast? Yeah. I I tried to play it off. I really did. But I was just so surprised. I know what to say. (laughs) Yeah, you work with all the good eggheads and us. No, I work for an incredible organization. They do incredible work. Yeah, that's great. That's all you need to say. And that's all I have to say. Yeah, don't don't incriminate yourself. And if you listen to past episodes, well, you know what? Past episodes, I've even talked about leaving my old job for this one. I mean, I have been very open about my life. I've just kept it separate. <laughs> Please don't go looking for me on LinkedIn. <laughs> that's all I have to say. It's just leading those breadcrumbs right now, aren't you? Okay, I should stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I encourage that from the start. So with that in mind, 
Although, okay, before we go any further. You are shooting yourself in the foot right now, aren't you? No, no, I was just wondering. Okay. Because, okay, there are some podcast casters that are out there that, like, put their whole name. Well, you know what? They don't have, like, a second job, though. This is, podcasting is, like, their main source of income. We're not there yet that we could do that because. But with good patronage, we are willing to step up. Because <laughs> I was just thinking about all the podcasters or all the podcasts rather that I listen to, be it the Read, um, the Black Guy Who Tips podcast, um, Tea with Queen and Jay. Like a lot of those are podcasts that are helmed by by POC populations, Black and Indigenous people and other people of color. Okay. And I was just thinking none of us use our, like, government name. For good reason. <laughs> yeah, and I was just... Yeah, that is kind of the standard, isn't it? Yes. For good reason. <laughs> you want me to shut up on that, don't you? I'm just saying. All of, all of them are listening like, you're going to out all of us, right? <laughs> That's right. Real, yes. As I, t- I was learned, as I learned very early, real gangsters move in silence and violence. Okay, well, with that in mind, then we're we're gonna we're just gonna move on. Mm-hmm. I I just please forgive me for longtime listeners. You guys may be surprised, and for new listeners, obviously, you're probably wondering why this is a big deal. But I've just gone through extraordinary links over the past. What we're approaching four years of the podcast now. To my knowledge, yes. And over those four years, I've gone through extraordinary lengths to keep the Gourmet Goober and the work we do because we're looking to expand and, you know, with side projects and things like that. We've we've always worked to keep that separate. <laughs> so the idea that someone just volunteer, oh, yeah, you can put that on your food podcast. <laughs> that just sort of killed it. <laughs> so moving on. <laughs> This is the part of the podcast, other than apparently discussing my personal drama at work, where we go over how our week went. Yes, yes, it is. So outside of the realization that my secret identity is out, I kind of feel like Peter Parker, when everyone thought I'd eat Spider-Man. I get it now. Thank you. So how else was my week? I guess I might as well just go. We normally start with my your week first, but we'll just start with mine since I've already divulged that. Okay, let's do so. Well, because my week was so much more traumatizing than yours, and not because of this, because the other thing that happened where I slipped on some ice and over <laughs> the weekend while walking a dog and wound up cracking my tooth. Yeah, that was very painful for you. Yeah. And then I had to have my tooth pulled out by the Marquis de Sade. The Marquis de Sade. I hear it. Yes. And the crazy thing is you had an extraction. and I, I had multiple extractions. And I asked you, like, how is our dentist? Is he good? Is he okay with that? Oh, he's fine. Yeah, the whole thing took like 10 minutes. No, not me. There were like three people standing over me. They had to numb me four times because I kept feeling it. 
Wait a minute, didn't you at one point <laughs> say you just started swinging on folks? <laughs> one time he gave a good tug, and I swear, I <laughs> fight or flight kicked in, <laughs> and I spoke at him. <laughs> and then at one point, when he went for some additional tools, I'm like, wait, you know, obviously the tooth is in there. Can it just be there? Can it just, can't they all just be friends? <laughs> Can we just be, no, can we just be friends? I, I'm messing that up. Why can't we be friends? Yes. Why can't we be friends? I was in so much pain. And I'm giggling more than usual because I'm actually on painkillers. So if I sound a little silly today, yo, that's what's going on. <laughs> yeah, that's the answer we're going to give today. That's our answer and we're sticking to it. But seriously, oh my God. There were like at one point three of them over me, and I was like, "What's going on? It only took ten minutes for you." And the guy's like, "Oh, well, it just doesn't want to come out. It's it's in there." And I'm just thinking, you know, God intended it just to be there. Maybe that's a sign. Can't you just like cap the nub that's left? Obviously, that would be awful and unattractive. But at this point, it would be better than having three of you yank something out of my skull. Yes. Yeah. That did not go well. No, no, it did not. Uh, you you definitely were not in good shape. Uh, you were quite mad. But let the record show that when I, you know, after the first time I came back, I said to you, first of all, he's not a quitter. He's definitely a yanker. He yeah. definitely likes to, you know, he's definitely into the, you know, the extraction. I mean, it was almost like the dentist in a little shop of horrors. Oh, my God. Seriously, after the fifth tug, that's what went through my mind. Like, yep. literally the dentist scene from Little Shop of Horrors. Where if, I don't know if you guys have seen, like, the the remake from Frank Oz, but there's this hilarious scene where Steve Martin is singing about taking on a dentist's job because he's secretly a sadist and he loves his job. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking that. I was like, oh my god, are you his understudy? What the hell? <laughs> he definitely put in work. We'll say that. One. But let me also let the record show. And when I came back, yes, I had multiple extractions that day because one, but yeah, I'm not gonna lie, mine were just ready to go. Mine were ready to they were they were ready to jump out. We ain't even gonna lie. They were like, uh uh-uh, uh, we, we we know what's coming. Come on, Yank, let's go. They were jump. They were ready to jump out, but I did say to you when I came back with multiple gods in my mouth that it amazes me that I know that you know we've had um, as the medical community the ability to learn and be able to do like robotic um, micro incisions, and we are able to set up things like. You know, we've had far advancements in a lot of different categories. But it amazes me that in 2022, at the beginning of this, it was 2021, that dentistry has not progressed as far as I don't understand that. When I go in there, if they sit me down and this dude is pulling out NASCAR tools. Yeah, that is true. At one point, I swear, I thought I saw a set of like channel locks. <laughs> yeah. Wires. And I was just thinking, you know what? 
maybe this was not the way. <laughs> yeah, needle nose pliers, channel locks, socket wrenches. Yeah. I mean, the dude had like, you know, the things that rip open tires. As a matter of fact, I think when he first started, after he, you know, numbed my mouth or my gums and whatever, I, I swear I smelled burnt rubber. And I'm like, um, you bro, know, I you think got I to stop. smelled that. It, it was quite disturbing. Yeah. And but, all, you know, all the assistants are sitting there like, you okay? You okay? And I'm right, you know, I'm numbed up, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Were you expecting me to say that everything was peachy and great? Hell no. But at the same time, I'm like, I just want this over with. So I just numbed up. But yeah, apparently with you, you're, you know, yours were putting up a fight. So I respect everything that you went through. You know, the other thing I was thinking of is maybe it was just karma. Because what happened when you had your extractions last year? So let people publicly apologize for what happened afterwards. Uh, what happened afterwards? Well, okay, this is embarrassing to admit. But remember the day that your extractions happened? And I had those, like, tickets to see Spider-Man No Way Home? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. And we went back and forth and... And finally, you're just like, well, you don't want to miss out because I bought the tickets in advance and it was supposed to be like a really big opening and I didn't want to lose my seat. And I asked if you wanted me to stay home and take care of you. And you said, no, go ahead. And I don't think you really thought I was going to go. But, dude, I went. She bounced. <laughs> she was like, she's like, you need anything? Are you OK? Do you really want me to stay home with you? No, I'm sitting there with galls in my mouth like, you know, I've been asleep for like, you know, for hours. <laughs> I, and I, I fully admit, because I knew that one or two things was going to happen. Either she was going to leave and go enjoy the show, or she was going to stay home, and then I would have had to hear it until my face healed up. And the more the pain of hearing you complain about not seeing Spider-Man that day was worth me just sitting home quietly in a room and just healing up. As opposed to her sitting there being mad at me. So I was like, yeah. So I said to her, oh, no, yeah, no, no, go no. ahead. It, it wasn't like I just bounced and No, you, you didn't. Okay. I made you soup. I got your medication for pain. That's true. <laughs> I took care of you. No, no. This was kind of like, you know, when Theo and Cockroach on the uh, on the Cosby show. That's right. I'm using the Cosby show reference again. You know, when they, uh, they had tickets to dance media. And somebody had to go in the room. Jennifer asked me twice. And I was like, nah, baby, I'm all right. Go see the movie. And I left. And I wanted her to say, like, you know, on the third time, I was thinking to myself, maybe she'll stay home. But now I was like, nah, baby, go home. Next thing I know, boom, I heard the car, you know, door close. She pulled out of that, you know. Sorry. She pulled out the driveway and she was gone. It was just me and the dog just sitting here looking at each other like, damn, she was, she bounced. And I have no regrets because that was the bomb.com movie. Okay. <laughs> that was so good. And then I thought, I can take it and go see it if you missed out. And you're like, no, no, I don't want to see it. <laughs> no, I'm straight. But yes, you survived. That's all that matters. So yes, and I... To Big Daddy's credit, <laughs> he not did not abandon me 
like I tended him when he went to the dentist. Thank you for that. Because in hindsight, going through that kind of pain and still going back and working a little bit, um, and then I was in pain today and was working, I, I kind of have all new respect for what you were going for. Um, no, I, I fully admit so when I, I came apologize. home. <laughs> no, I feel bad because you actually went back and, and, you know, allegedly like putting in some work. I came back here, I laid my ass down. And I was like face down, ass up. I was just, I was gone for a couple, <laughs> for a couple hours. Y'all was like, what? I woke up. I'm like, my face was, I was like mush mouth. I wasn't going nowhere. And it, like I said, it only took me like 15 minutes for them to yank stuff out of my face. Nope. I'm honestly surprised I held the Zoom meeting that I did today. <laughs> yeah, but you were able to talk. Well, let's just say it took a lot of ibuprofen. <laughs> She was she was on the good. I, I was on the good drug trip today. <laughs> mm-hmm. So again, for those who are listening, because now you know my government name and what I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, hey, not everybody knows your government name. And for those who do at work, I apologize in advance. I was highly medicated. Do they know your middle name? No. Think well, you're safe. Actually, if HR listens, they know. HR ain't listening. <laughs> That's the way we're going to leave it. So, yeah, that that was my week. Oh, and let's see. Anything else other than the horror of meeting our dentist? <laughs> uh, for you, no. Okay. How was your week? I know your week was infinitely better. <laughs> my week was infinitely better. I, I don't know. I I'm not telling, you know, my 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 government job. <laughs> I'm sure the people who know need to know. That's good. But otherwise, no. I had a pretty decent week. It was all quiet. You know, watched the Super Bowl. Um, was cheering for either team to win. Had a really excellent halftime show with, you know, of course, Dre, Snoop, Kendrick Lamar. My man, you know, uh, Eminem. And of course, you know, the, I would like to start the appreciation day for Mary J. Now, does Mary J appreciation day, and we'll talk about this in a moment. Does that fall on Janet Jackson appreciation day? Cause the Super Bowl is always Janet Jackson appreciation day. That is true. At the same time, as much as, you know, Jan Jackson Appreciation Day is every Super Bowl Sunday. Right. I am saying that I am claiming February 13th, whatever year it is, I'm, I would like to start the Mary J Appreciation Day. Because if nothing else, with all the stuff she had on, all the little stuff she had to do with them heels on, Mary J put on a performance and she worked her tail off. And I'd like to start Mary J Appreciation Day okay. to the queen of hip-hop and R&B, Mary J. Blige. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you enjoyed that. Um, I didn't watch the Super Bowl, and I'm not going to go into reasons why, but I have my own issues with the NFL, so we're not going to revisit that. But I am glad that you enjoyed that. You know what? If I could reclaim my time back for a moment, I do want to say one good thing that happened this week. It's Valentine's Day, which we celebrated early 
um, because you have to actually work on Valentine's Day. And you had to have your teeth pulled out. <laughs> yes. So I want to thank you publicly for your gift, which was really awesome. Um, Damn, what did I give you? You know what you gave me. It's actually it's pretty cool. I gave you some roses. <laughs> yes, you gave me some, well, actually some tulips, not roses. Damn. Those I did not know those were tulips. Those are tulips. Damn, I thought those were <laughs> roses. That's how much I know about flowers. <laughs> You gave me that. You gave me some chocolate. I happen to have like a really cool Oscar Mayer face mask. <laughs> but, 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 no, the cool gift. Wait a like, minute. Didn't you also get some expensive cookware? That's what I was about to say. You got me the stuff pan. Okay. Which was an awkward conversation in and of itself because of the fact that I had to like tell you about this pan. <laughs> And the pan, you guys, okay, long-time listeners know I'm obsessed with French cookware, okay? So, in my mind, the sexiest thing on the sexiest things on the planet, besides Idris Elva, Tom Hiddleston, a good steak, <laughs> and some chocolate. And me. And my husband, of course. <laughs> Get that loud now. He's number one before Idris and Tom Middleston. Liar, liar, pants, <laughs> just draws, just up on fire. Anyway, is, is La Creuset and Stav cookware. They're, they're well made. They, you can use them in anything. They last forever. Like, this pan will outlive me. Like, literally, I was talking to my dad this weekend and saying, okay, if something happens to Big Daddy and I, I'm giving the pan to my brother. <laughs> Because he cooks. And I want to make sure that this pan continues on because it is a beautiful, bright red. The inside is an interior is black because that's one of the features of Stop Cookware. It's an enameled, everyday cast iron pan. And it is just gorgeous. I noticed that neither of the sisters were in that plan. Your sister doesn't cook. And neither, remember, does yours? No, which is why oh. they're not in the pan. If I give your sister the pan, she's this is a pan that bakes to be used, especially given how expensive it is. Okay, we also are not going because I would also like to not get robbed. <laughs> yes, you can come and take my stuff in our house. You're not taking my pan. Okay. Take the dog too. <laughs> no, they can't take the dog. You producer. <laughs> I'm about to say he might help you by carrying all his back out the door. Yeah, he might. You you offer him some puppy. Pepperoni, he might do that. Yes. But honestly, it's, I've been wanting this pan forever and it went on sale. And through some very careful negotiation, I was able to get the pan. So it's on its way to me. So if, you know, you hear on the next podcast about me talking about I'm going to marry a pan, you'll know why. Because this thing is just, it's a work of art. Yeah, unless the mailman, you know, basically doesn't deliver it and he becomes a master chef. You don't want to know, oh my God, what if someone confiscates, what if we're like, we're gone and someone takes your pen? Do you have insurance on this? I think so, yes. Okay. <laughs> Damn shame we have to insure a pot. It is not a pot. It oh, is, I'm sorry, a pot. It is a 10 inch, 2.9 quart, stob. Everyday pan and cherry red. 
So you just put it out there for everybody, huh? <laughs> today is, wait a minute, did, did we have some of the truth serum today? <laughs> you just tell everybody everything today. I don't know what was in that drugs, pain relievers they gave me. Yeah. It might have been. <laughs> okay, Louise. <laughs> oh my God, I am sounding like Louise from Ant-Man. Yes. Okay, let's get going. So back to your week. So, obviously, you enjoyed the Super Bowl. Yes. You enjoyed my gift as well, right? The burritos that you can throw at people? Yes. Even though I learned that um, I, I, I do need to take out of the package, so it comes as a game. Yes, please I don't throw the burritos in the packet. That might be problematic. Yeah, I might throw the box at people, but the bigger thing is, yes, I also have to learn, like, I can't throw it at the person who gave me the gift. I can't throw it at the pet's. Especially the doggy producer, because the doggy producer will most likely eat it. Eat it. <laughs> and I can't, you know, since I'm working remotely, I can't exactly throw it at the intended targets. Well, actually, one target doesn't live far, so technically you could stand in her lawn and chuck it across the highway. Trust me. Don't think I wouldn't <laughs> think about it. If I was like Black Dynamite, I would throw that bad boy from the moon. But yes. She did give me a, a nice uh, game. Among other things. Among other things. Oh, wait a minute. Most importantly, she also got me my favorite thing in the world, which is sugar-free Chico stick nuggets. Yes. In a bag. I'm a good wife. Yes, you are. Because <laughs> you know how much I love those sugar-free Chico sticks nuggets in a bag. Those were hard to come by. I had to really hunt them down. And they are very much appreciated. <laughs> the sugar-free Chico sticks in a bag. Why do you keep saying it like that? Are you trying to get Chico sticks as a sponsor? If <laughs> they're willing to hook to me up. <laughs> I'm just saying, if Chico sticks is listening, <laughs> hook a brother up because I'm repping you. <laughs> sugar-free, though, because, you know, I got you know, to protect my figure and other things. Yes, of course. Yes. Also, you know, or am I allowed, since we had Mary J. Appreciation Day, do I get to also say a, a, we also had Janet Jackson Appreciation Day on Super Bowl Sunday? Well, um, we mentioned that earlier, but yes, we can talk about that. That's right. So I also got the chance to listen to, or I'm sorry, watch the Janet Jackson special on Lifetime. Yes. And, oh, yeah. No, we actually watched it last week. Did you rewatch it again? Because I know your sister watched it. And remember, we were going to talk about it again. Yes. This week, once we got our thoughts. I took some minor notes. Yes. So you rewatched it and you had an opportunity for continuity's sake. And you took some notes. Yeah. Okay. Grant, those notes are in my head. So I probably have forgotten about now because I had to wait, you know, to get to this point. Because we were, you know, somebody was telling all their government secrets. I'm sorry, flame it on. These are some good drugs, y'all. Uh huh. <laughs> she had the super super strength. Yes. <laughs> Nakatomi strength, but yes, nonetheless, Janet Jackson. Very quickly, um, two things you just got to know from the start. If you are, I don't know, thirty five years old or older, you know who Janet Jackson is because you know she's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame now. That's right. She is, you know, dominated, you know, from the time she was in the 70s and like in good times. 
to fame. Uh, did she do different strokes? I think she did. Yeah, because she was, was she Charlene? Yeah, see, now I got to remember this. No. Okay. You didn't tell me to take notes on that. I hey, I'm going off my memory here. Anyway. <laughs> I can Google nonetheless, it. Nonetheless, <laughs> the, the quick and dirty is, as you know, Jan Jackson, one of the things that, yes, Jan Jackson has been around for a long time, with, of course, with our brothers from the Jackson 5 and the entire Jackson family. But also, you know that the two most important things you need to know is, as I watched is, you know, because the entire Jackson family is from Gary, Indiana. Where you're from. That's right. Where we're recording this right now. And the fact that I have been crushing on Janet Jackson. Like my wife has been crushing on Idris Elba. But I've been doing this, you know, since she was, well, yeah, since she was Charlene on Different Strokes. Yeah, she was Charlene. Yeah. Since she was, you know, well, I guess I wasn't really crushing on when she was Penny, but I will always love her as Penny. But yes, I have been, I've been loving on Janet for a long time. Anyway, but yeah, it was really amazing to watch her, um, because the start, the start of the, um, documentary, uh, what, or biography, as you would say, was a place with her and her brother Randy taking a trip back to Gary, Indiana to, of course, uh, visit 21, 2300 Jackson Street, which is their childhood home. Um, and weirdly enough, it was a day, remember the day that we found out, I think we were like, I think we were like in Portage and we found out that Janet had come home for this show and then um had come home for like this little thing and then we just... No, I found out about it and then I called you and I had to come and get you. Yes. And then we went chasing, <laughs> trying to find Janet Jackson while she was still there. Yes. We pulled up to... Our old home on Jackson Street, just as she and the entourage were leaving. Yes. Not realizing that that was for the documentary. So we were joking as we were watching. It's like, if you train really hard, you'll see our car. You'll see a fat black man running. (laughs) That's my husband. Yes. I'm the fat black man running after the the SUVs. I'm the stunned one sitting in the car like, my husband really just got out this car running after her. I tried my best. <laughs> I think I tried. Like, if you see somebody like literally hanging on to the back of one of the SUVs, <laughs> that was probably me. <laughs> it was funny to see that in the beginning of the documentary. Like, hey, we were there. <laughs> yeah. We were literally right behind. Like, you know, we missed her by a solid five minutes. But yeah, um... So most importantly, yes, I won't bore you with it. Definitely, you know, check it out. Um, watching because it 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 told a lot of things I knew about Janet, but also you know it also involved you know a, a couple of things that you know, of course you know she kind of kept private for a little while. You no, know, not a whole lot of stuff, but you know with, from her time growing up, you know, like her relationships with not only her father and her brothers. And it spoke about, you know, her love life um, uh, with her secret mirror to James Burge um, to Renee Elizondo. Never spoke about, you know, her most recent husband at all. But, you know, I'm sure that was for a reason. We all know. 
it also kind of breezed over. I mean, it spoke about, you know, the infamous uh, 2004 Super Bowl. But really kind of gave a pass to a certain um, part of the performance and the person involved in the performance. And I was told by, you know, the gourmet goober that I could speak on it. But I had to watch my language. Because, again, my job now knows about this podcast's existence. And the world knows how much <laughs> I truly, truly <laughs> want to eviscerate a certain person. Okay, look, we can talk about that in a minute. Because that'll be under the highlights that we promised listeners from last week we would cover. Oh, wait a minute. We're going to talk more of it. Do I get to do the dirty version of this? Again, my job knows about this podcast. Okay, let's do this. This is this is a listener warning that your discretion may be advised as Big Daddy shares his disdain for a certain person that is discussed in the Janet Jackson documentary. And the views represented by the co-host does not represent the view of the individual who would like to remain employed. Yes. <laughs> Proceed. <laughs> just for that, I'm 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 gonna give the very I'm gonna give the G ray version just to start. Thank you. <laughs> yes. But yeah, for the most part, um this involved the two thousand four Super Bowl. Yes. And as you know, which was supposed to be the pinnacle of her career, but a certain person who showed up on I guess subsequent Super Bowl um, halftime shows. A uh, certain um, Timber Flake uh, that would be former NSYNC um, frontman Justin Timberlake uh, was part of the performance, and of course, there was we all infamous, know what happened. Yeah, there was a certain uh, malfunction. Can can we just take a step back for a minute? Okay. <laughs> First of all. If you haven't already gathered from him talking about this, Big Daddy is a huge Janet Jackson fan. In fact, when we met years ago in college, the infamous, what was it, the Rolling Stone poster, the cover with Janet Jackson's pose. Hands. I'm sorry, with Janet Jackson. Uh, topless with hands over the top. Well, Ray Elizondo, her then husband's hands, I'm mm-hmm. um, holding her um, in the breast area. That was on your wall. Yes. As to be fair, it was the 90s. It was on most every guy's wall in the dorm I lived in. It wasn't Next just to Pam Anderson. Next to Pam Anderson, it was him. So, and there's a Pam Anderson movie coming out. So everything from college is back again. Yes. But. <laughs> You felt a certain way about the Jackson family, and you've always been protective, not only because they come from your hometown and what their success has meant, as I've learned to everybody in the Gary, Indiana area, they're very proud of their accomplishments and what they've been able to do. Um, But you're a big fan of their music as well. So you're speaking about how that all went down out of a sense of pride and protectiveness of one of, you know, our community, right? 
And yeah. I say this because over the years since what happened, I've spoken to a lot of people who don't necessarily understand why so many of us have a disdain for Justin Timberlake mm-hmm. after what happened. And so I want to set the proper context, one, because for you, it's doubly so because of your connection. The Jackson family house isn't very far from where we are. No. Um, and so, again, you can drive around the city and as it's going through its renewal, there's lots of references to the Jacksons, including not far from us. Um, there was this beautiful street art um, pop-up exhibit that happened in the area. And one of our favorite things is there's that mural of the Jackson family from the 70s. Yes. So their influences are everywhere. Okay. So I want to set that in the proper context. Also, as the documentary showed was how things progress since then. And it seems like there was two sets of reactions, one for her and one for him. Yes. So it, as we had talked um, throughout the documentary, which it seems like she's forgiven him and she's moved on. That said, it's really hard because, if you follow the news like we do, you may know that there have been a lot of news that has come out where um, what Judy Chin, what Les Monroe, Les Moonves, Les Moonves, who was then in charge of CBS and was over Viacom, he was just really angry at her to the point where he used his vast influence to negatively affect her life. It wasn't like he was just angry at her that it happened and affected CBS. He went after her for her book because Viacom owned HarperCollins. He was mad at her for music and prevented MTV and VH1 and all of these networks from playing her because Viacom owned all the music outreaches that were available then. This was before YouTube really picked up in popularity. So he necessarily cut her career off at the knees. Meanwhile, Justin Timberlake was allowed to thrive and was even invited back to the Super Bowl to perform. And he never once, well, he has since gone on the record and apologized, I think, because he's got such a thorough dragging from, let's face it, our community and other communities that basically said, hey, you, you just can't build your career off our back with ties to Timberland and everybody else to build your cred once you left in sync and then turn around and do that to Janet. That's, that's just not cool. So that, I, I just wanted to lay that out there as we're talking as the part of the basis of your anger, which I personally think it's rightly put. I, and incidentally, that is why the Janet Jackson Appreciation Day exists for those people out there who don't know. Because as I've learned, actually from my job, a lot of people are not aware of Black Twitter. And didn't they start it when Justin Timberlake went back and performed and we're like, we're not watching his bullshit performance. Oops, sorry, that slipped out. 
and we decided to celebrate Janet during its performance instead? Yes. Okay. That was exactly how it how it matured. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how it started. And to be completely honest, there are a lot of things that but I'm I'm since the goober has basically stolen the thunder or taken the thunder out. No, 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 like, I'm sorry. I just venom. wanted I just wanted to like lay the groundwork. No, you you basically have explained <laughs> like the biggest part of the situation. And if we're going to be completely honest, I can go in on on Timber Flake for a lot of things, but oh, the biggest thing that please do, please do. No, no there's I'm, lots I'm, you can talk about. There are a lot of how things he I treated can talk. Brittany, for example. <laughs> sorry. The biggest thing, biggest takeaway I can take from this is I'm not going to belabor all the things that I don't like about him. And as, you know, Miss Jackson has indicated that she has forgiven him and that she has moved on and has, you know, there's been the bigger person in this. And whether or not she was part of what happened or she was a victim or, you know, whatnot. As much as she has forgiven him, I have not. And until he truly does right by her and Britney Spears and hell, some of his other um, former mates and former rivals, you know, out in music, it would be beneficial for Timberlake to um, keep his mouth shut and just, you know, just play your role and keep it quiet. But also um, about the Janet Jackson <clears throat> retrospective was, you know, her relationship with not only Renee Elizondo, but also we had a discussion about um, Jermaine Dupri. Yes. <laughs> and how you defended Jermaine Dupri, even though he cheated on Janet. I don't See, know I was about to bring that up, but since you did. Yeah, I was, I'm tiptoeing into it, you know, and I'm sure this could drip in the, you know, food concepts because hopefully Jermaine Dupree can cook. But yeah, pretty much, I I don't know if it was so much a defense, but it was kind of like as Chris Rock, you know, has said, you know, more than a few occasions, like, you know, things go crazy, you know, I don't forgive you, but I understand. So with Jermaine Dupree, some of what he was saying yeah, do I, you know, because you did dirt on, you know, my lady, Janet Jackson, I don't give you, but I understand. He, look, I, I'm not going to go there. No, no, you, no, just, you were ready. <laughs> I know we have to Come pause. on, Tiffany Haddish, we, you were ready. We had to pause documentary because Jenny had a good nature about it and she just kind of yeah he, he cheated and I think myself and all of black the women of black twitter was like what wait <laughs> you are Jermaine Dupree <laughs> seriously you have so much to be grateful for including you dating Janet <laughs> you literally are the human embodiment of a troll doll and you go go cheat on Janet Jackson. And maybe that's part of it. As I look at <laughs> Jermaine Dupree, it is the man's an extremely talented brother, you know, who has done truly huge hits. And now he's my height. <laughs> yes. 
for, you know, from crisscross to the brat <laughs> to held up to Mariah Carey and Jagged Edge. It's just, you know, it gives me pride to know that if Jermaine Dupree could get with Janet, then it gives hope to a lot of other guys <laughs> out there. But at the same time, you got to do right. So wait a minute. So wait a minute. You feel you're in Jermaine Dupree's corner because you feel that if he got with Janet, they give you hope. <laughs> if that's the way you want to run it. Yeah, because if you think about it. I don't know how, as your wife, how I feel about that. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about this. You know, you know, Idris and Tom and I don't know. I'm trying to think of all the other loves of your life. But, um, this, I mean, yes, if you look at, you know, some of the men that were in Janet Jackson's life, you know, you had, you know, her secret marriage to, you know, James DeBarge, who by virtue was a part of the DeBarge family. And, you know, all them pretty dudes from Michigan, you know, in the DeBarge family, you know, they was, they went through some struggles, but, you know, they were some pretty looking men. Then you have Renee Alessandro, who was also, a, you know, who was a good-looking fellow. So I'm like... And then there's mm. Jermaine Dupree. Then there's Jermaine Dupree. So I feel like you're therapist now because I feel that your support of Jermaine is deeply rooted in your issues. Like skin and issues with the other people she's been with. Am I wrong in saying that? We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we've had a breakthrough live on the air, on the mic. I'm not running this. <laughs> but at the same time, yes, Jermaine Dupree was a very talented artist and a very talented man who still loves, you know, uh, Miss Jackson. But yeah, they, their relationship was uh, not a thing because he did do dirt. And I, understand, I, I, I see... That he did dirt, and do I forgive him? No, not really, but I understand. The funny thing is, he laughed and admitted it too, because they did interview Jermaine in the documentary. Yes. So, whatever it is, they've obviously got past it. Janet says he's a good guy, he just cheated. Um, he's like, yeah, I cheated. And just the audacity of, really? You cheated? <laughs> that sums everything up. <laughs> yeah. I'm good with that. <laughs> but yeah, the overall that Janet Jackson, if you are a fan of Janet Jackson. It's a wonderful documentary. It's a wonderful documentary. If you are not, if you're a hater of Janet, just go on about your life. Leave, you know, just leave her alone. She's done tremendous things. And hopefully going forward, as she hopefully, you know, is starting to build up um, another tour. Um, hopefully, you know, you know, you know, she's a rock and roll hall of fame. If you get a chance to see her tour, just as a side note, go. Cause when mm -hmm. did we go? It was right before the pandemic, right? It was a few years before the pandemic. Like, I think it was back in 2018, maybe. So it's either 2018 or 2019. It's when she resumed the tour after she had her son. Yes. Um, and we went, and if you follow me on social media, you probably saw some really badly... Um, taking videos of me getting my whole ass life um, 
at the concert, but it was worth it. It was so good. Um, she's an incredible performer. Um, and it was a, it was a great documentary. Looking back on it now, it's a little disturbing because now I realize that my husband apparently <laughs> thinks he has a chance with Janet. So we're going to have to talk about that off camera or off mic, rather. But no, that. <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying that I have a chance with Janet because inevitably, you know, something has to happen to you first. Not that in any way I'm planning that. I, if if anything happens to me, people, we have this as evidence. Yeah. <laughs> so you are safe. So if I run off with Tom Hiddleston, then you, you're free with Janet. If I run off with Loki. <laughs> See? <laughs> Just kidding. Uh-huh. Big Daddy is not a Loki fan. <laughs> not Loki, Tom Hiddleston, whatever show he's in or place. See, and I even got past, like, you know, Idris, because Idris is, you know, with the accent and, you know, the tall brusque, you know, he's a, you know, a pretty decent fellow. You'd actually wave me off if I was with Idris. Like, okay, see you later. I'd do it. <laughs> yeah, because at least it's like the concept <laughs> of, you know, when they talk about, like, you know, why guys, like, you know, sometimes, you know, leave, you know, their better halves. You know, these are all like, you know, as they say, like, uh, what's the word? Hall pass, like dreams. You know, if you're going to like dog me for, you know, for a hall pass, at least make it worth, you know, the while. I'm like, okay, it's we're not, not going to go down this path because, again, someone could be listening. So <laughs> let's fight. Hey, I kept this as PG <laughs> as possible. Yes, you did. And I'm very proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> so now that we. Um, oh my gosh. And I'm not this, am I usually this giggly? It really is the drugs, I think. Mm-hmm. The ibuprofen. Yeah, you really, <laughs> you're really giving it up right now. Yes. <laughs> so, <clears throat> we're going to take a moment to, I'm just going to take a moment to gather myself, work out the giggles, because again... My dentist is a Marquis Dassault, and I'm getting over that. That's way I know how. And then we return, we will talk about three stories that intersect the nexus of food and pop culture in our What's Eating Us segment. And as always, we will close out today's episode by going over the best thing we ate this week. So you're listening to the Gourmet Guru podcast, and we will be right back. Hey guys, this is JJ Outlaw. And T Outlaw. And we're the co-hosts with the Gourmet Goober Podcast with a very important question. Are you a little gourmet or a lot of wretched? <laughs> or maybe you consider yourself gumbo worthy. Hey, if the answer is yes to any of those questions, then you need to tell the world with your very own goober swag. From mugs and aprons to t-shirts and sweatshirts, it's the perfect way to show your love for the Gourmet Goober Podcast and, you know, help us keep the lights on in the process. <laughs> so if you are a little bit gourmet and a lot ratchet, head on over to gooberswag.com, that's gooberswag.com, and get your very own goober gear today. Tell them Big Daddy sent you. That's right. Tell them. Hey, I'm JJ Outlaw. 
And Tea Outlaw. And we are back with the second segment of the Gourmet Goober podcast. Um, this is where we actually discuss the intersection of food and pop culture that we lovingly call What's Eating Us. And by the way, if there is a story that you'd like to hear on the Gourmet Gooby Pop. <laughs> Gooby what? <laughs> Try to say that three times fast. The Gourmet Cooper Podcast. Dirty GG. <laughs> you can drop us a line at thegourmetgooper at gmail.com. Or you can tweet us up anytime at Outlaw, And be sure to use the hashtag Gooberland. So this week we have three stories that made us laugh. I mean, just think what our appetite to learn more about it. And we decided to share it all with you. And the first story actually really caught my interest because it covers two things that I really love. Clothing and cheese. And cheese. <laughs> Why, yes. <laughs> okay. So this was um, something that was recently released by the Oregon-based brand Tillamook. Or as my husband jokingly calls it all the time when we're shopping, um, what does he call it, bougie cheese? Yes. <laughs> finger in the air. Pinky finger in the air. Cheese. <laughs> he calls it that because Tillamook, being a really great brand, um, it's a little pricier than other brands. Although, to be honest, with inflation being what it is, cheese is just expensive all around. But yes, Tillamook, that brand that you may be familiar with last year during this time where they released something they called the mother loaf. The mother loaf. Yes. The mother loaf, which was a 40 pound block of cheddar cheese. This like super, super government cheese. <laughs> you wish that would look, I'm not laughing at that. Government cheese made the best sandwiches. Okay. There, <laughs> there's a reason why. Wahlburgers put "quote unquote" government cheese on their cheeseburgers. Okay, no, they were trying to be ironic. No, that stuff is great. Now we never. Were, I, I think I talked on the show how I had a friend who, growing up, supplied us with government cheese because their family, for some reason, didn't like cheese. They're very strange. That would probably <laughs> be me and me only. <laughs> and seriously. Best grilled cheese, best cheeseburgers of your life. Okay. That stuff melted like nobody's business. But anyway, Tillamook decided to step their cheese game up this year. So this year, they actually came out with um, a collection of cheesy swag that they created with another company called the Portland Garment Factory. And it's a collection of what they called bold, fashion-forward, Limited run swag that is all about the cheese. That's right, folks. So for $35, you could get your own pair of what they call Tillamook party pants. Tillamook party pants. <laughs> yes. So these party pants are cargo cans that come complete with removable insulated pockets that actually double as a cheese toting clutch or wristlet. Mm, okay. Now, I know what you're thinking, right? I've been out. I, this has happened to me where I've been out someplace and I've been in a restaurant. I've been, you know, going to a pacer game, you know, have an opportunity to cheer on the bulls and think to myself, you know what? Well, first of all, let me back up. I don't yeah, think I've ever cheered. I've never cheered on the bulls. No, you have not. 
That's with you. <laughs> the only time I've seen you cheer on the Bulls is when they played the Knicks. Well, that's true because there's no such thing as a good Nick. <laughs> Sorry, Deez is a narrow if you're listening. <laughs> I am not a fan. <laughs> no, no kidding. But haven't you ever been to a place before and you thought to yourself, man, this whole event would be just top notch with some cheese? No, no, I don't think I ever have been to it. <laughs> any function said this needs to be topped with cheese. <laughs> Well, the cheddar orange drawstring cargo pants. Cheddar orange drawstring pants. Actually provides plenty of opportunities for you to bring cheese to every occasion. Party in my pants. Yes. So it has three cheddar ready pockets on the left leg. And of course, the said detachable insulated pocket that you yourself can take your cheese along with you. Now, suppose that's not your 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 cup of tea. <laughs> cup of tea, nothing. Suppose that's not your slice. Just so you know, as part of their cheddar collection, they also included a $25 thick-cut crew neck, which fringe that was inspired by their farm-style thick-cut shredded cheese. They had a $15 slices bag, which was inspired and built by their farm-cut thick-cut slices, and the bag, you guys, if you haven't seen the bag, get your life and Google it. It literally looks like cheese draped over a string. It's brilliant. It's I'm like looking at cheese. this. Yeah, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, <laughs> what the Samsung right now? <laughs> I'm trying to be like descriptive, but also I'm trying to be nice, but this is very strange looking to me. Oh, now, come on. You know you want their... Shred, shredded cheese fringe inspired cowboy hat. And perhaps you want to get lucky playing cards. No worries. They actually have a luck cheddar cheese playing card set that has been inspired by their baby loaf two pound cheddar cheese block. Oh my God. Okay. This sincerely <laughs> looks. <laughs> this truly looks like something that was designed by Yay. You know, I'm sorry, Mr. West. Or or JJ when she's feeling hangry for some cheese. Yeah, because I'm looking at this and, yeah, I, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I mean, I'm not thinking like fashion forward stuff. I'm thinking, man, you must really, really, really love cheese. Well, you know, every sensible person does, Keith. No, not every single person <laughs> Just people who are who obsessed. And I'm thinking, okay, this thing has insulated pockets to house cheese? Yes. Because, you know, you have to keep your cheese cool. And what happens if um, you're in the middle of Phoenix? Uh, what happens to the cheese in that pocket? You know what? There's lots of opportunities for you to keep your cheese cool. I mean... Yeah, do you get to grill this cheese in these pockets? No, it's insulated. It's not like a... It's not like you're carrying a panini press in your pocket. Might as well. <laughs> That's about, probably about the best Oh, my use. God. Oh, my God. That would be amazing. Can you imagine? You're tailgating. We're, we're back home at Ball State and we're tailgating. And all that we have available for us to do use in our short space is slices of bread and Tillamook cheese. 
no worries because we can whip out our own panini and loaded pants. Just slide that sandwich into the pants. It's cold usually during homecoming, so it keeps you warm. And about five minutes, you pull out a cheesy, delicious treat to eat. I think you're onto something. No, I need I need <laughs> meat in there somewhere. That's a bit much, but okay, you go you run with that baby doll. You know what? If you don't want to wear your cheese, that's fine. They even have a convenient drink koozie called the Snacky Koozie. And attached to it is, yes, yes, a detachable um, holder for your cheese that's insulated. So you will never be t- that far from your own, you know, Tillamook slice of cheese. I'm thinking of the people who would, I don't know, somehow forget that, you know, they're sea cheese. But somehow they would forget that they had cheese. <laughs> oh, you're just thinking it's going to be in their pocket and they're going to put it in the washing machine. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing's better than that. That would just be gross. <laughs> good watched cheese. Mmm. That sounds delicious. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm taking that you, you, you're not going to hook a sister up. Um. I'm sh- hey, this could be your birthday present at the same time. <laughs> this looks a little bit obsessive. Well, if you wanted to actually check out your own um, possible cheese-based clothing, Nirvana, you can check out shoptillamook.com and check out their cheddar collection. Now, I can tell you that a lot of what we've described here is sold out, but it also appears that they've been adding to it all the time. So you can get Varsity shirts that's inspired by the, their cheddar cheese, um, as well as playing cards. <clears throat> I get the feeling that all of this merchandise will most likely end up uh, at a tailgate for the Packers games. You know, they did sell out with a quickness. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so, although, to be fair, I know that my friends who come from Wisconsin, they are really protective of that Wisconsin dairy. So they may not be done with Tillamook since it's based out of Oregon. Don't make an exception. But if you want to get your foodie fashion fringe on, this is the place to go. Okay. <laughs> so moving on to our next story. How familiar are you with Eminem and his Academy Award winning um, song from Eight Mile called "Lose Yourself." Uh, I'm sure the world has thrust that upon me like multiple times. You know, pretty much. You know, once you get a Matt Lauer drop, that pretty much was guaranteeing you superstar status. Oh yeah, that's right. Matt Lauer when he used to be on the Today Show, I remember that he used to say that he got hyped before going on the air by listening to Eminem's "Lose Yourself." Okay, now that I think about it, Matt Lauer drop may not have been the best idea, but anyway. Yeah. In light of what we know about Matt Lauer now, that's like low-key horrifying. But anyway, we're going to move on. And that's a la- uncomfortable laugh because, again, Matt Lauer, from what I understand, was the worst. But. Nonetheless. That song actually was the inspiration for a restaurant, believe it or not, that Eminem actually runs 
out of his hometown in Detroit that's called Mom's Spaghetti, which actually kind of horrifies me because if you remember how he refers to Mom's Spaghetti, it's because, well, I forget, was it Rabbit? What's his nickname? Yeah, Rabbit in the movie 8 Mile. Yeah, Rabbit in the movie 8 Mile. It's been so long since I've seen that movie. But anyway, he goes to the rap battle. He's so nervous that Mom's Spaghetti becomes vomit. Okay, I was trying to avoid saying that on a foodie show. But no. yes, he 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 doesn't retain mom's spaghetti. Let's put it that way. Yeah, we can edify it, but damn it, that's what he wrote or <laughs> performed with. And out of that, for some reason, he decided to create his own restaurant, which has been very popular, called Mom's Spaghetti. Which, by the way, you can check it out. You guys have to see their website. It's momspaghetti.com, of course. But Mom Spaghetti, as you probably know, um, Eminem, he performed at the Super Bowl. And he decided to take his restaurant on the road. So people that attended this past weekend Super Bowl um, in Los Angeles was treated to the Mom Spaghetti. So for $9, you can get with meatballs or with rabbit balls, which are vegan. You can, get, balls. <laughs> you can get your own sketty sandwich. Okay. Which is mom's spaghetti between two slices of bread. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> and you can get pop or water. Which one is Ms. Westerner loving that he said pop? Because that is how you refer to it, damn it. <laughs> I mean, as opposed to soda <laughs> or Coke down south. But... It, people could have taken a, a part of this. They could even go either go to a downtown L.A. location of Uncle Polly's Deli, which, again, I love the name. <laughs> yeah, because I'm thinking after you're, you know, after you as an Eminem perform with Trey and Snoop, you'll probably have the munchies and you'll definitely want to drop by Uncle Polly's and get a hookup. I got to say, though, given how... Mom's spaghetti, and you. First of all, you you have to understand how he describes it, because the pop the. Let's see. Was it when we went back over our show notes? They described the pasta sauce as fresh out of the jar. Fresh out of the jar. Okay. <laughs> so pasta sauce fresh out of the jar. You were treated to powder, um, Parmesan cheese. This is always starting a slippery slope. It just it just sounds to me like it's spaghetti that you can make at home. But it's from Eminem. Yeah. Thus, you don't have to. So this brings up a very good question as far as celebrity restaurants. Because again, and I, I, I'm, I'm begging you guys, go to their website. Apparently, there is the most basic of basic commercials that they put together complete with Eminem throwing up a box of mom's spaghetti. Oh no, no. Can't can't do that. <laughs> and I'm just thinking with, you know, fare that basically promises spaghetti between two slices of Wonder Bread. Um, <laughs> powdered Parmesan cheese. And of course, spaghetti fresh out of a jar have have we reached the low point for celebrity restaurants no pretty much Wahlburgers did that for me you like 
twelve burgers. I do. But you know, in terms of basic, they some of the stuff they were dropping was quite elementary. Now, to be fair, again, Big Daddy and I were raised on spaghetti with spaghetti sauce out of a jar and um powdered Parmesan cheese. There's um, absolutely nothing No, I I I don't know about you. I was I was raised on home, you know, especially like, you know, uh Fresh spaghetti. Like, there was, you know, I'm sure, like, you know, the noodles came from a box. But, you know. Big Daddy, your mom made spaghetti for me. Before. Wait, wait a minute. What, what, what you about to say? <laughs> I'm just saying, your mom made mom's spaghetti. My mama didn't make no mom's spaghetti. <laughs> you about to call my mom? You about to talk about my mama bird? <laughs> no. What I'm trying to say is, this is actually something that, I don't know. I think you're about to talk about my mama bird. No, Martin, I'm not about to talk about your mama bird. I'm talking about my, my, my mama <laughs> cooking. I loved your mother's cooking. Uh-huh, and you're about to trash it. No, no. Oh, what I'm saying is that this intrigued me for a number of reasons. One, mm. that Mom's Spaghetti is so popular that they are actually able to do a pop-up restaurant at an all-places L.A. during the Super Bowl. And from what I read, it was really popular where people stopping by this Uncle Polly's place. But on the other hand, when you think about um, the advent of celebrities opening their own restaurants, like Wahlburgers. Wahlburgers is an example of a restaurant where their open up fear of stuff that they grew up with. But I'm just wondering if they literally openly advertise you're getting something that you could make at home and we're probably overcharging you for it for the <laughs> for nine dollars for some spaghetti. Have we reached like peak celebrity restaurant? I mean, are they offering anything new to the foodie sphere? Or are we just really paying for the privilege of eating something that he wrapped about throwing up on his sweater. Which is not exactly helpful, but yeah, I figured, you know, if you can market it, go ahead, take a stab at it. I mean, that's more money in his pockets. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not dissing the hustle, right? Because we've talked about celebrity pop-up restaurants before um, and how everything from Mariah Carey having cookies to... Oh, I love to eat Mariah's cookies. Look... Let me just take a moment to stop here. If I had a chance to have some of Mariah's cookies, I'd eat Mariah's cookies because you know her cookies are like over the top and fabulous. Yes, I'm sure they'll she be, is. They'll be grandiose and trust me, I, you know, even if they were nasty, I'd be like, oh, I ate Mariah's cookies. I'm a big fan of them cookies. They would be worth the try. But yes, I, I understand what you're saying. Like, you know, if for nothing else, like being able to like being able to market something, you know, as part of a song, like, you know, it's a hip thing. So you might as well run with it. I'm just waiting for the uh the Snoop and Dre burgers. <laughs> oh my god. That would be fabulous. What do you think okay. Obviously weed. <laughs> it would be classified as an edible. <laughs> Even though I think uh I think Snoop uh has his own strain anyway. Of medicinal uh, products, but you know, I'm thinking of Dre Burger. You know, after he's done, like you know, selling, 
He's, you know, sold his beats. You know, he's gotten a hookup with Monster. You know, I figured, you know, uh, might as well. I'm trying to think, whatever, what, 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 you know, what have we not tapped into celebrity-wise? I don't know. Mario Lopez has tortas. Um, of course he does. BJ Novak, um, the guy from The Office. Now, this is actually interesting. He um, partnered with the winner of a Netflix competitive cooking show to come out with his own brand of like restaurants and things like that. So that I can understand. But then there's also things like Wiz Khalifa Hotbox, which is basically made to inspire you to order from them when you get the munchies. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I, I think I mean, in terms of concepts, because his hot box um, has like hot Cheetos blazed, um, a Cheeto burger with a side of tater tots. Would anybody really want to hit that hard? I don't know. Okay. Danny Trejo has his own brand of tacos. And I would eat them just on GP. Cause I would I eat the hell food. out of that because yeah. you know he could probably throw down. He probably could. And if he couldn't, I'm not going to tell him. <laughs> well, no. Even if they're terrible, we're never mentioning that to him. True up. <laughs> Tyga has his own brand of Tyga Bites, which we've talked about on the show, which are glorified chicken nuggets. George Lopez has his own brand of tacos. Easy. So, yeah. Um, apparently, that is a thing now. But I don't know. It's it's funny because at least some of them, like, you know, the Wiz Khalifa one, they offer things like Cheeto-dusted stuff that at least you won't be able to make at home. At least easily without turning your house into a Cheeto-coated mess. <laughs> yeah, that's going to go hard. But the mom spaghetti sounds like it's something that I could make at home for $3.45. Well, no, no. Because pasta sauce is expensive now because of it. So maybe $5. Especially if they serve it on a paper plate. That would just be... <laughs> and I don't know if they do that or not, but I'm just saying. Maybe they need to put them on Dixie paper plates. <laughs> that way you won't have a mess. But yeah, I get what you're saying. I can I could be down with that. I'll try mom's spaghetti if, if it was offered to me. Uh, well, I have to say... There's a part of me that's really happy that they're in the Skeddy sandwiches. Because that is a hood snack if you've ever heard of one. <laughs> and if you don't know what a hood snack is, um, for new listeners, go back in our old library. We actually have an episode dedicated to the joy of hood snacks. Yes. I can appreciate a Skeddy sandwich. <laughs> I'm sure you could. <laughs> I'm sure, but then of course you'll probably put it all over your chili. Are, are we having that conversation again? Okay, maybe not. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> we'll get into that later. Apparently, Big Daddy and I had to relive some early marriage moments where we discovered that our interpretations of chili is not the same thing. Okay, I really admit I ate basic spaghetti growing up. <laughs> But we ain't going to talk with my mama bird. <laughs> okay, let's clear our palate after that and close out this segment by talking about something that 
kind of caused a lot of conversation with, with between the two of us over this past weekend. Um, and it's a quiz that was on BuzzFeed.com, where basically a professional food writer shared some of her foodie words that makes her skin crawl. And we were basically going back and forth about, hey, is this a thing? Is this something that really upsets you? And some of them are actually pretty surprising. Like, like for example, nom. That says, I can't believe you've been to this restaurant. Their food is seriously nom. Is it nom or? Okay. Nom. nom. Like nom, 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 nom. Nom, nom, nom. Okay, that makes it even worse. <laughs> it sounds like something like like, so, like Cookie Monster with a speech impediment. <laughs> so they give you a list of words and they ask you, does it annoy you? How do you describe it? Or you don't really care. Just by your response, it kind of annoys you. A lot of things annoy me. I'm pretty easy <laughs> like that. How about describing food better than sex? As in, not going to lie, these brownies are the best things I've ever tated, like, tasted, like 100% better than sex. Okay. First and foremost, that irritates me to the nth. Above the nth. <laughs> it, it annoys me to the, like, I don't know if there's a power large enough for that. <laughs> wow. Like, as much as I like sex, <laughs> there is nothing, there is no food that's just going to make me drop and say, ooh, this food was so good, it is better than sex. That is blasphemy. <laughs> I have to agree. There's not much out there that I can think that would probably fit into that scenario. How about rustic? In dealing with the presentation. So don't worry too much about the presentation. I love a good rustic meal. That mm. rustic sounds like a house. Yeah. I, I don't really like it all that much. I mean, I guess I don't really care, but... Yeah, rustic is like, that makes me think you know, your food is aged like cheddar. So the next word is share plates. So I'm not really hungry. Honestly, why don't we just order three or two or three share plates and see how we feel after? You know, I don't really mind that. Although we have a concept, it's community plates. Or more yeah. or less, my, your food is my food. It's all share plates with me. Yeah, we call it, basically, it's community fries. <laughs> it's, I know you ordered that, but that looks really good. And now JJ's going to take a sample of it. Which she has done on plenty of occasions. So I actually don't like it because share plates imply that not everything's up for sharing. And I don't agree with that. Of course you don't. <laughs> You're a little crabby because I've done that to you more than a few times. Yeah, your little fingers have been in, you know, serving foods. And they'll be like, hey, 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 hold on. I don't know where them hands have been. Hey, we've been together for a lot of this pandemic. You know exactly where my hands have been. We've just been here. Okay. So there you go. Nonetheless, and they were sanitized <laughs> and masked up. Now, this is actually a term that really bothers me is dump recipe <clears throat> dump recipe now it's a term frequently used by recipe bloggers to describe um recipes that literally is you just dump everything into a slow cooker or a cooking dish and just call it a day now back where i come from dump recipes are called either a casserole or a hot dish well i mean i could i would like to use better verbiage but 
I mean, that's what 90% of the world does anyway. I have to admit, dump recipe is kind of like the way of mom's spaghetti. It just sounds unappealing when you know the the meaning of the word dump. No, I very <laughs> much agree with you. They could use better, you know, better versions of it, but hey, you got to go with what you know. And to be honest, it's seriously just a casserole. Name one casserole you just don't dump everything in the dish and throw cheese on it. Because, of course, I'm from the Midwest, you put cheese on everything. And you just put it in the oven. So just say d- casserole. Don't say dump dish. <laughs> yeah, basically, it sounds like 70% of Trisha Yearwood's, like, you know, Ooh. menu repertoire. <laughs> We're not going to go into that after our intense conversation how she makes Thanksgiving turkey. She steams it! <laughs> okay. We're not going to trigger it. No triggers. Okay, this is actually a good one. Hack, which is often used to describe lesser known methods for making food better tasting or easier. So they give a great example, which remember when I discovered this quote unquote hack, it was life changing, right? Thawing out a frozen pizza instead of cooking it like they say to cook it on the package. Because, you know, in the package of every frozen pizza, they literally say, unwrap it, put it on top of the pizza stone if you have it because of course we all have pizza stones or just put it on the rack and go yeah martha stewart that is a lie the best way to make a frozen pizza is to thaw it out then put it in the oven so that way it guarantees a crispy crust okay i did not think about that so how do you feel about the word hack sounds like something off a computer but (laughs) nonetheless i guess i can't really say anything because if you really think about it really hard, 90% of the stuff that, you know, is, you know, taken from an original recipe is basically a hack or a hookup anyway. So I'm like, okay, you can call it a hack, but I'm ambivalent to it because really all it is is you're just taking um, a general recipe that has been around since the beginning of time and then, like, you know, toss something in and say, hey, I put a hack into it. I don't mind the phrase hack, mm-hmm. but, and we talked at length about this, and that's why we decided to share the article, was there's a difference between, like, the frozen pizza explanation, because literally, and I forget how I found out about found out the frozen pizza, but it was life-changing, right? Because every package of frozen pizza that I have ever consumed since a child literally tells you to put the pizza frozen in the oven, right? Yeah. But the best way to do it, and this is something that professional chefs and people have known for years, is by thawing it out, you give your dough the best chance to get that good, nice, crispy coating that you really want. Now, that to me is a hack. Now, I've also seen it where, and I'm going to take it out of the foodie sphere for something, um, for a moment, where sometimes hacks are used as a way to describe something, like you said, that have existed for a long time, maybe in another culture, and now it's being sold to people as quote-unquote a hack, when it really is not. And the examples I gave you we're like in the beauty industry where right now there is a quote unquote hack, which is called slogging. And which basically it's 
you taking a jar of Vaseline, rubbing a lot of it on your skin up and down, and just letting that absorb and having soft skin. And there are people now who are selling this quote-unquote hack as like a way to, you know, increase your hydration of your skin, for lack of a better word. And when I first read that, I was laughing my behind off because I'm like, our grandmamas and our mamas and our mamas, mamas, mamas all use the Vaseline trick. I do it. <laughs> but people been not knowing that. <laughs> That's true. Or like the woman who created the $100, what comes out to be a $100 bonnet, which is she has curly hair. She didn't want her hair to lose moisture when she slept. So she created this contraption that you wrapped your hair up in and she sells it for a hundred dollars a pop and Vogue and all of these other magazines held her up as this sort of pioneer. And meanwhile, black and brown women with curly hair for years looked at that and was like, oh my God, it's a bonnet. Seriously, you can go to the beauty supply shop for $2.99 and get one. I have a drawer full of them because I have curly hair. You know what? That's a good point. <laughs> So there's a difference between a hack, as that lady's with the $100 bonnet called it, and then something that's really revolutionary that no one's thought before. So I, I guess it just depends on one concept what a hack should truly be identified as. No. If that makes sense. That does make sense. So I, I don't really mind the word. It's just making sure that not everything that's quote-unquote hack is really a hack. It's basically being Columbus. Yeah, basically. Okay. <laughs> so, gastropub. This was a word that I remember you really hating. <laughs> that is literally the worst. <laughs> that, that would be the worst explanation for a place or a thing. Yes, and, and for those of you at home listening, a gastropub is a restaurant with a class... I'm sorry, a casual pub-like atmosphere that serves gourmet food and elevated takes on pub classics. Unless it's an acronym, I'm like, couldn't you just say exactly what you just said? Just basically, you're just trying to like simplify the word. But basically, you could just say exactly. It's just a casual place where you can go and find simple things. It's a restaurant. It's a restaurant. <laughs> We're good with that. You'll need to, like, jack it up and give it a horrible name like Gastropub. Mixologist, which is one who deeply studies the art of mixing, crafting mixed drinks, and creating cocktails with a forward-thinking approach. You're a bartender. Tinder. <laughs> yes, you are a bartender. Basically, as opposed to being in love with the stripper, I'm in love with the bartender. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, that to me is on the same line as, like, Subway calling all their people sandwich artists. Because, mm -hmm. technically speaking, we are sandwich artists. You at home putting together that peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Mm, chef's kids. Sandwich artists. <laughs> yeah, okay, Jared. Oh, bad reference. It was worth a try. Thank yes. you, Matt Lauer. Oh, even worse reference. Oh, my gosh. So, handheld. I have to admit, out of all the words on this, I hated handheld the very most. Because okay. who the hell came up with that? <laughs> so handheld is now what they refer to, like burgers and hot dogs, 
basically any food you eat with your hands. That's that sounds like it's pushing it. So basically, like ribs are just handhelds. Held hand handhelds, yeah. Wow. That's a little foo fooey. Okay. Good bougie thinking. <laughs> okay, I can see why you would be, uh, you know, that would toss you up pretty harshly. Are you upset with moist? Are you one of those people that hates the word moist? Um, no, because that's probably the most accurate way to describe that particular type of food or condition of food. I just want to know, when did we all decide that moist was a bad word? Oh my God, anyone who grew up in the 70s and Duncan Hines, and literally it's on the box, moist chocolate cake. Yes. <laughs> it sounds like something perfectly from the, you know, from the Morse Day collection. It's just <laughs> moist. I like to, you know, think of things being moist. But yeah, I know how you could try to, like, you know, make it suggestive, but it's the, probably the best way to describe something. We need to reclaim moist, people. Moist is a good word. Yeah. Cake is moist. It's good for you. Moist. Say it with me. Moist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure people are hanging up right now and turning it off because they can't stand the word. Yeah, we're going to say it as much time <laughs> as you can pop out. But yeah, that's probably the best way to describe what you're going to go through. You're going to catch this moist and you're going to take it. <laughs> now, finally, actually... They do have, I mean, you can go and check out the quiz yourself. It's on BuzzFeed.com. But there is one word that I have to say that I agree with, and that is aioli. Aioli. Are, are you familiar with aioli? I know that there are certain, there is a certain thing that is based upon aioli, but I'm not sure how they describe it. Aioli is an emulsion of... Usually it's a combination of eggs, olive oil, and garlic. It's Back basically the a hood, mayo hookup. Yeah, in the hood we call it mayo. Okay. So, again, it's sort of like when I first started the Gourmet Goober, um, before we were a podcast, we were a food blog. I created it as a way to kind of demystify recipes that you can make with ingredients you can find for wherever you live. Um our, remember our tagline, the Gourmet Goober, it's a food blog by a wannabe foodie in the hood? Yes. And the whole idea is, you know, where we roll here in the GI, it's really hard to find things like pancetta. But you know what you can find? Bacon. <laughs> oh, yes. Bacon. Mm. It, it's really hard to find some of the stuff that they require for you to make a good French um recipe but you know what you can find easily fat back <laughs> so when you know how what these words really do mean it kind of makes it so like yeah you know what i can make that at home and i can make it delicious and nourishing for my family and you know hook up a gourmet style meal even if you don't live next to whole foods so yeah aioli is one of the things that always really bugged me when i first started cooking and you would go to restaurants and you would order stuff and they would describe it. And then you get the sandwich and you're like, oh, it's mayo. Back where I come from, this is garlic infused mayo. <laughs> yes. Which mayo is probably, a, you know, the simplest way of describing, well, certain people. You're just terrible today. Oh, my God. 
No, I'm not saying who. Are you like crappy? I think people know that. But at the same time, yeah, you can give it a you know a special name like aioli, but it's basically a special name. Oh wait a minute, am I allowed to use the word on the quiz that got me the most riled up? What was that? The word artesian. Oh, artisanal. artisanal. Yes. Artisanal. There we go. <laughs> Boy, that that lit a flame under me so badly. <laughs> Why do you dislike artisanal? Is it because it's just fancy pants yes now technically artisanal should refer to something that's run in small batches something that's you know creatively done but the sad thing is anything can be artisanal now yes. <laughs> but i know that you were cooking and you're just like yes these artisanal wings that i have crafted out of our kitchen yeah it's your bougie way of saying hey Here's some wings. I basically threw, I don't know, some truffle seasoning or something on it. Ooh, it's artisanal. Or, oh, you know, I had this, you know, this special dip, which is, you know, basically I just changed the flavor of the cheese. Ooh, it's artisanal. So you're thinking the word artisanal is a racket just to drive up the price. Yeah, basically if you change the, what, change the seasoning, the bread, or the cheese... Or something there within. If you make that one hack to it, <laughs> and you take it one step beyond whatever the hell, it basically is the most basic. You can make a basic bologna sandwich, but if you change the bread on it, it'd be like, ooh, it, it was an artisanal. And sometimes you, know, you don't have to sandwich. change the bread. Remember that story that we did years ago, like when we first started the podcast, where people were Columbusing chopped cheese. Like someone went to like a Whole Food in New York, and what was it like? It was something ridiculous, like $12 for a chopped cheese sandwich that you could get at the bodega for, like, three. <laughs> and they called it artisanal. Yeah. Ooh, I made it artisanal. No, you didn't. Sometimes a chopped cheese is just a chopped cheese. And, hey, not to say, but you don't mess up a chopped cheese now. You got to make sure you get it, you know, like a good and fresh and made the right way. But at the same time. Sometimes artisanal is just, oh, I toss something in to make it special. And it usually is something simple, like you change out the bread. Yeah, it's like the wannabe gifted and talented of, you know, of, you know, foods. Well, I, I, I think artisanal, there's a time and place for it. Right? Okay. But I think it's overused, honestly. Way not, overused. Not everything is artisanal. True. And honestly, if you serve it in like a different restaurant, like there's another example and I forget who it was. I want to say it was Neiman Marcus because sometimes they offer food, but they had like collard greens and I think they refer to it as artisanal. And I'm like, it's collard greens. Like literally, is my mama's collard greens artisanal? It came out of the same bag, <laughs> I assure you. We probably prepared it way different, but it's the same collard greens. There's nothing artisanal about it. <laughs> yeah, I would very much agree. Oh, I think we should come up with our own art, like our own artisanal things, where we just let's just Columbus that too. You know, I have been looking for a trend that we could just reverse Columbus and create and make it our own. Take it back. <laughs> just take it back. <laughs> so, what would that be? 
Oh goodness. Um, anything else? Let me see. What what can we take back? I I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I'm sure there are a lot of things I would like to. You know, I think we need to take back the bologna sandwich. Yes, yes, because I have seen way too many stories over the time of the pandemic where people are rediscovering simple pleasures. And there's these, a lot of these food bloggers and people who are like on like YouTube <laughs> and showing how to make things as simple as a bologna sandwich, a fried bologna sandwich, like they discovered it. And I was just thinking, no, no, you did not. Yeah. <laughs> Anything, I think a lot of things that involve cheese that can be taken back, like, oh, you know, let's take back, you know, how you, like, try to make an artisanal grilled cheese or an artisanal mac and cheese. Sometimes those things are just as they are. You know what? I, 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 wait, I quote unquote hacked a box of all these mac Air and quotes. cheese the other day mm. by adding cheddar cheese to the truffle cheese mix. There you go. It's artisanal, and I'm just claiming it. Okay, it's I got mine. it. I'm yeah. taking it back. There we go. One pinky finger in the air just for that. I'm going to, like, walk into all these and demand my ducats because I improved on their mac and cheese. Therefore, I discovered it. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Remember when we ordered the mac and cheese from, what was it, Cracker Barrel? <laughs> I dressed that up. Oh, yeah, that was a, that was a Thanksgiving <laughs> to remember. I added some cheese, I added some some mustard, I added a little bit of nutmeg, I topped it off with some breadcrumbs, put that puppy in the oven, bam! Great mac and cheese. From now on, that is my mac and cheese. I like that. From now on, that's my mac and cheese. Yes, it is mine. Okay. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> so I tell you what, with that in mind, is we kind of come up with ways that I can demand millions of dollars now from Cracker Barrel for improving on their recipe. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back with our choices of the best thing we ate this week. You're listening to the Gourmet Goober podcast. We'll be right back. Hey guys, I'm JJ Outlaw, better known as the Gourmet Goober, and I'm here to share this great new recipe journal from author Gaby Loreno. It's a progressive cooking journal designed for short and simple recipes at the beginning before advancing with spaces for longer recipes as you go. It's colorful, fun, fits easily in the kitchen drawer, and it's perfect for any home cook. Best of all, it has over 100 pages for your most beloved culinary delights. Be sure to get your copy today at Amazon.com. This is JJ Outlaw. And this is T Outlaw. And you are listening to the Gourmet Goober podcast. We are back with the last segment of the day. That's when Big Daddy and I share da, 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 the best thing we ate this week. Yes. As always, this is our way to pay back all the great restaurants and show love for the restaurant industry. Um, but hey, the best thing we ate this week could come from anywhere. So we're talking about franchises, hole in the walls, diet bars, you name it. Maybe it could come from our own kitchen. The point is that we want to show love for all the good grub that we have been blessed to try. And as always, we put the information in our show notes. 
So you can make it yourself. You can bake it yourself. You can go hit it up for yourself. Um, check out that new restaurant and help them during a difficult time. Now, one thing I always want to make sure our listeners know is we want to know the best thing y'all ate this week too. So if you have some place that you want us to talk about, just email us at thegourmetgoober at gmail.com. Again, that's thegourmetgoober at gmail.com. Let us know the best place you ate this week. Give us all the details and we may feature you on a future show. Or not. <laughs> or not. I mean, if it's Arby's, I, I think Arby's is upset with us. So we're probably not going to include that. Yeah, if you give us some uh, some random dish from Flavortown, well, I'm going to no, no, have no, to no, talk no. about Flavortown it. Flavortown was good. Remember, we did try them. Yeah, we did. <laughs> it was good, but they got some, some steps to take. He has issues with the term Flavortown. <laughs> Gotta have flavor to be in Flavortown. So, as always, we start this segment with you, Big Daddy. What was the best thing you ate since our last podcast? Well, obviously, it went from Flavortown. <laughs> or Arby's. Or Arby's. Well, I'm just losing sponsorships <laughs> left and right. We would like to interview Guy Fieri. So, despite my husband's jokes, we very much appreciate Flavortown. Arby's on the other hand now. <laughs> yeah, I just want Guy Fieri's, you know, uh, food budget. <laughs> oh, my God. I was so want that. Yes. But so, anyway, the best, best thing, you ate this week. thing I ate this week. Okay, see, I'm going to be the one who pulls the audible. Since the gourmet goober had her concept and then she tripped on me, I'm going to trip on her. And I'm going to say that the best thing I ate this week was the moose you pork. Oh, my gosh. No, no, you didn't. Yes, I did. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I had some moose you pork from the new Hong Kong Chinese <laughs> restaurant. In Hobart, Indiana. <laughs> yes. So that was really delicious. That yep. was, see, this is why we should never, this is why we normally don't talk about what was the best thing we ate this week before we go on the air. Because that was not what you were going to say. No, You took my choice. <laughs> That's okay. That's because you took my choice. <laughs> they didn't know that. Now they know. <laughs> But no, the mushy pork, which was funny because we just randomly sat on a Friday night. Uh, we didn't feel like cooking. Uh, it was, you know, a couple of days before Valentine's Day. So we said, we're going to try something. We're just going to grab some Chinese food. And me, I am a creature of habit. And I will always go someplace, get some fried rice, some egg foo young. I love the egg rolls. Always love egg rolls. Um, it was my when, idea for the mushy pork. Yes, and it, I'm giving the dirty <laughs> Gigi over here uh, the love because she was the one who offered up, oh, let's grab some crab rangoon and some mushu pork and see how it tastes. So I said, uh, okay, all right, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll try it because you, you can't go wrong with anything that has pork in it. Come on. <laughs> Especially when it's not cooked by, you know, you know some dude named Chad. <laughs> Hey, Chad may be able to throw down on some pork. You don't know that. Have you ever met a dude named Chad that could throw down on some pork? You know, Come on. I want you to think about it for a minute. Well, not that I've known a lot of people named Chad. Although I did date a guy named Chad in college. And nah, I, I wouldn't eat his pork. Yeah, I'm just saying. 
I'm sorry to tell you. If you're Chad a, was not a cook. Exactly. If you're a brother named Chad, that's cool. If you're a brother named Chad that can throw on some pork, hey, call in and just say, or, you know, text us or tweet us or whatever and say, hey, I'm a dude named Chad and I can throw on some pork. And we'll have a discussion. But until that point, or sorry, until that time, dudes named Chad that I have come across in my life, 47, 48 years, no, can't hit that. But anyway, so, back to this mushy pork. So far, we've upset people named Chad, RVs, and God Fury. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I'm just, hey, my batting average is just going up today. <laughs> of people that I'm, I'm like flailing against, and trust me, after the whole like you know beginning of this show, I, you'll understand why. But um, the mushy pork was actually very flavorful, and the sauce in which it was cooked in was actually quite nice. I was I was mildly and then very flavorfully impressed. Flavorfully impressed. Yeah, that's good on our next swag. <laughs> I can see that on it. On a tote bag. Yes. But here's the thing. One, I was really proud of you to try it because when he says that he is a creature of habit, he means that. Every time we get Chinese food, it is the same thing. It is egg foo young. It is some version of fried rice and egg rolls. And that's it. <laughs> now, I've actually made mushu pork before, but I've never had it from this one particular restaurant. And... I have to say the new Hong Kong um, restaurant, again, it's in Hobart, Indiana. It's kind of a nondescript place. You may have driven past it if you know this area. It's in a strip mall. So you wouldn't think that they serve the excellent and incredible um, Chinese food that they do. But they are amazing. Um, so I'm really glad that you stepped out of your comfort zone and tried it. Yeah, I'll give them credit. I mean, definitely, if you get a chance... And you come across this restaurant, stop by, even if you've never, like, you know, if Chinese food is not your, like, not your thing, just at least try it and, you know, at least lend some support to the, the ownership and the people that are, like, you know, putting together these dishes because I can truly attest that, you know, the people are very friendly there and they work hard. Yes, and I'm glad you said that because I've gone to this restaurant a number of times and I have to say, the experience with the ownership is actually one of my favorite reasons to go besides the food. Um, they're the type of people that if they meet you once, you're not a stranger the next time you come in. In fact, it's kind of funny because I hadn't been back to this restaurant before um, this weekend. I would say, what, five, six months? Yes. Easily. Like before my surgery um, that I had mentioned. And he recognized me right away. Hey, how's it going? And it was so funny because he knew instantly. He's like, I know you were here and you're going to get some of your cra our crab rangoons because they're crab rangoons. Rangoons. <laughs> crab rangoon is uh, on point. Right. It is delicious. It is. Um, As opposed to the crab raccoons. Well, yes. The crab raccoons are terrible. <laughs> yes, that would be. But their crab rangoon is delicious. So... I, I can't say enough about them. And thank you for, you know, saying that. And thank you for trying it, even though you stole my choice. <laughs> Once again, that's because you went crisscross and jumped on my choice. I would have let you have the choice. Yeah. The other thing that you'll learn about me, <laughs> Tiala, is the fact that I can never eat the exact same thing 
that someone else eats, you know, when we go to a place. I always got to do, you know, my own thing. But in this case, that in my choice of the best thing I ate this week, we did share it. We did. Yes. See? There you go. Custis. <laughs> well, with that in mind, since he's took my choice, um, I would actually have to say the best thing I ate this week is a really big surprise. It is the Beyond Chicken Nuggets at KFC. KFC. Now, this is a surprise for a number of reasons. One, if you're a regular listener to the show, you know that my preference goes from, I prefer Popeye's to KFC one. Two, even though I have expressed my love of Beyond Beef, I've never really been up and really supportive of Beyond Chicken. Um, a lot of the time because of the fact as a protein, chicken is something that's very difficult to, you know, synthesize. To mimic. For lack of a better word. Um, usually there's something in the mouthfeel. Haha, <laughs> shout out to the previous segment. Um, that's usually a little off and things like that. That takes away from the enjoyment of the particular food. Now, that's not to say that there aren't Beyond Meat Nuggets that I've enjoyed before. In fact... There's that one, and I forget, you know what, I'm going to have to figure out who makes them, and then I'll put it in the show notes, because there is one that you can get in the frozen food section that tastes almost exactly like chicken tenders. It is amazing. Is that Morningstar? I don't think it's Morningstar. Okay. I, I think another company makes it. Although Morningstar's um, chicken um, is actually pretty good. And again, the texture is a little golf, but their seasoning and everything is really good. That said, these nuggets, oh my gosh, they're almost 10 out of 10. Now, again, talking about the texture of the meat, it did taste a little off, especially when it's fresh out of the oven or fresh off the grill or however they make it. Um, it tasted like a little eggy. Yeah. Like, you know what it's like? It tastes like, you know how the whites of a hard-boiled egg feels like when you chew it. It sort of had that same similar texture that throws you off. That said, outside of that, if you can get over that, and I say when it's fresh off the grill, because as it cooled, it actually tasted more in line texture-wise. It felt more in line eating it like regular chicken. But if you can just get over the texture part, oh my gosh, that nugget was amazing. It was perfectly seasoned. It had the right amount of crunch. It was really good. It's possibly the best thing I had out of KFC, which was funny because I was laughing with Big Daddy because what happened was you and I were working <clears throat> on a project and you had gone most of the day without eating a lot of food. Yes. And we were running errands and I was like, dude, um, it's going to take me a while to make dinner. You need something in your tummy. Let's just... Stop at KFC on the way home and just get like a small snack. So we got like, what was it? Like 10 nuggets that we shared between the two of us? Yes. And we just got like their 10 nugget combo. Um, and we just split it between the two of us. And we wolfed that down and we were laughing like, oh my gosh, why is it that the best thing that came out of KFC isn't chicken? <laughs> Astounding, isn't it? <laughs> I know. But it was it was utterly delightful. It was really, really good. 
And here's the thing. Big Daddy, what he's not telling you, and that's the reason why I suspect he didn't choose it, was when we first went through it, he didn't want to try it. And he very reluctantly, I had to, like, beg him to put one in his mouth. Being we I thought she was going to have to, like, you know, punch me in the throat <laughs> and then knock my mouth open just to get it in there. And I was like, this is for the podcast. Come on. We're doing it for the culture. <laughs> yeah. That was her. That was the last she was going to drop on me. But you know what? You agree with me. It was possibly the best, ch- quote unquote, chicken product. That you had in a while for KFC, right? I mean, a chicken sandwich was have been pretty decent. I think it's better than their chicken sandwich. Okay. I really do. But what did you think of the nugget? Because, again, I'm more of an adapter of plant-based protein, like Beyond Foods, than you are. That is true. So, how did you enjoy it? Okay. So, as Gigi has uh, dropped on you, I am not the most... Accepting of plant-based uh, substitutes. <laughs> you know, I am a very big carnivore and, you know, you would really have to be able to sneak something past me um, for me to like anything that was plant-based. That being said, yes, I was very resistant to trying it, but I am definitely, I'm a convert. I will definitely say if you get fresh, hot from a, a reputable KFC. A reputable KFC. Yeah, because you can't just go to any hood and just like you know have them <laughs> just throw it on there. Um, you, I, I, you know, if Chad's cooking your, you know, you know your your little nuggies and stuff here, you gotta check it. <laughs> but that being said, it was easily probably one of the best things I ate this week because it was fresh, and when it was hot. I loved it. I gulped it down. I was almost going at it like Cookie Monster. <laughs> and as the goober said, it is the consistency is a little off. You know, you're because as you say, with your mouth feels or how like the texture, you're not 100% sure because it, you think it's chicken, but you're not sure it's chicken. But you're like trying to get down because it's hot. And I'm willing to say that. We make jokes sometimes about KFC trying to find all their 11 herbs and spices. Apparently, it was on the nugget. Yeah, apparently, they must have put them <laughs> on these because they put they put their seasoning on it. And it was great. Yes, it was great. And I'm like, okay, KFC found something, you know, we're talking about. And I'm like, this was something to talk about. And their, uh, their Beyond Nuggets were actually on point. I was actually quite impressed. And this is coming from me. Once again, the carnivore who was very resistant to trying something, you know, past like a Beyond Burger. So I'm willing, I will give him my mark of approval. It was very good. But don't start like, you know, sending me like, you know, eggplant, whatever. I'm still, you know, (laughs) in my little hood. But yes, I definitely recommend it also. So it's important to know, as my understanding is, this is available for a limited time. So you definitely want to check your local um, KFC to see if it's on the menu. Also, it's important to know that my understanding is it's not available by delivery app, by every delivery app that's out there. Someone Um, will also have to explain to me exactly why that is. I think because they want to convince people to go in person. Because remember, when you order from a delivery app, 
not all the money from your purchase goes to that particular restaurant. A good portion of that goes to the delivery services themselves. Mm. So for a franchise like KFC, which has hundreds of stores or thousands of stores throughout the country, it really doesn't make that big of a deal. But if you're a small mom and pop trying to compete, um, it makes a big difference because certainly that takes a lot of your bottom line. So that's probably why they made that decision. That said, um, that may not be true everywhere, but definitely check it out. If you have an opportunity, it'll be worth the trip in order to savor the flavor that is the Beyond Chicken Nugget. Cool. So with that in mind, we want to take this opportunity to thank everyone for listening to another episode of the Gourmet Goober podcast. Big Daddy, in closing, where can they find you? Well, you can find me, <laughs> T-Outlaw, T-O-U-T-L-A-W, once again, I can spell, no turntables but a microphone. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at T-Outlaw and on Instagram at T-Outlaw, Josie Wells. You can find me, JJ Outlaw, a.k.a. The Gourmet Goober. I'm available as Gourmet Goober on Instagram. The Dirty GG. <laughs> Why did she just call me the Dirty GG? This is something new. Hey, I took upon the dirt, dirty desperado. No, I'm sorry, the dark desperado. See, I am flipped. So I just so the dark okay. desperado and the dirty GG. You just want that on swag. Hey, so, speaking of swag, as a reminder, you can actually go to gooberswag.com. That's gooberswag.com and get your own. So if you're gumbo worthy, we may end up putting the dark desperado on gooberswag because why not? <laughs> You can certainly check that out. By the way, you can also check me on Twitter at JJ Outlaw. Um, Facebook, you can catch us at the Gourmet Goober blog because that's how we started back in 2013. And you can always drop us a line at thegourmetgoober at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank our listeners for listening in. Check us out in two weeks for another episode of the Gourmet Goober podcast. And until then, happy eating. Happy eating.